Welcome to our study of patterns found in God's Word. Today I want to look at the book of Daniel and just give you briefly the outline that I like to work with uh, that makes it simpler for us to memorize the book. It's a little bit different than our normal uh, outline of nine, so you need to draw the nine and then add one large box to the bottom and you will understand by the end of this how this is all going to play out. Let's begin with Daniel chapter 1, Nebuchadnezzar's University. Once Daniel's been taken captive uh, and taken down to Babylon, what Nebuchadnezzar likes to do is take youth from all over the, all over the world, from the different countries, and educate them up because he's tapping into the intelligent levels of all the different countries he's conquering. Well, when Daniel's down here, he insists on being obedient to God's word, so he refuses the spicy meats and he refuses to take the wine. He wants water and vegetables and he's allowed to do so, and at the end of it, what we see is Daniel's coming out ten times wiser than anybody else. So what we see here is God is totally superior to anybody's Nebuchadnezzar's university or anybody else's university. Knowledge is one thing, and you can load yourself up on knowledge, but to have the wisdom to apply the knowledge is something totally different. When I encourage kids that are going to college and university, I remind them that they've really got to take God with them. You can go and get the knowledge, but God's going to give you the wisdom to make the application, and that is so important to, to understand. Always take God with you wherever you go. Daniel chapter 2 is about Nebuchadnezzar's government. He has the dream of the head of gold, the shoulder of silver, the belly of bronze, the legs of iron. Doesn't tell anybody the dream. Daniel goes to God. God gives Daniel the dream. He goes back and tells Nebuchadnezzar, you are the head of gold. And then the next three are all kingdoms that are yet to come. When the rock is cut out of the mountain, God's going to, in the days of those kings, he's going to destroy uh, that statue and establish his own kingdom. What we're seeing here is God is superior to all form of men's governments, even today. In the time of Christ, Jesus came and established his kingdom. His kingdom is with us to this very day. No government has survived. I would say um, the British government may have been one of the longest running governments there ever was, uh, next to the Romans. But everybody falls. Everybody falters. But the, the kingdom of God still rules in the hearts of obedient men. Yes, men still sin, and yes, there's still nonsense going on in this world. But God rules in the hearts of men, and that government has been established since the time of Christ. So God is superior in governments. And then it comes to religion, Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar builds a statue. Everybody has to bow down and worship this statue when they hear the music. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refuse to do so. And it's interesting, their statement to Nebuchadnezzar, and they're saying, though the... We, though we may not survive, we may die in the flames of the furnace of fire, our God still delivers. So in the fire they go, Nebuchadnezzar sees a fourth walking around in there like the Son of God. Out they come, and Nebuchadnezzar is so impressed. Daniel chapter 3 shows God's religion superior to any man-made religion. Now we slide into Daniel chapter 4, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's pride. He thinks he's the one that's created it all. He gets a vision. Daniel interprets it, saying, if you do not repent, you're going to be eating grass for a period of, of, of seven. And sure enough, uh, Nebuchadnezzar continues to hang on to his pride, thinking he's the one that's created all of this. 
and then he's forced to go out into the fields to eat grass for a period of seven years or whatever that period of time was. When he comes to his senses and realizes that God's the one that blessed him, then God restores him back into uh, the kingdom. Daniel chapter 5, Belshazzar's pride. Belshazzar thinks he's the greatest. He's got the Medes and the Persians outside, but he knows they're not going to break down the walls of Babylon. The, the walls were just too big. So he's having a big party that night. He, he goes to the storage room and gets the utensils from God's temple, and he's using that at his party because he's the greatest, he figures, king of kings. Then the handwriting on the wall, your time is up. That very night, the Medes and the Persians, miles upstream of the Euphrates River, have diverted the river, and it dries up as it's going, coming down through. The Euphrates used to flow directly underneath the city of Babylon, giving them their fresh water supply. This time, the water was gone. The Medes and the Persians marched their army down through the riverbed and right into Babylon. Not a shot is fired. Belshazzar dies that very night. The next one is Darius's pride. And what we see here is Darius is, is conned into believing that he is uh, Mr. So-and-so and, and everybody needs to worship him for a month. It's a trap set to capture uh, Daniel and to throw him down into the lion's den to be fed by, to the lions. Well, Darius sees the trap, but he can't get out of it. Daniel's forced to go down to it. Darius prays all night. God delivers and then Darius throws those that tricked him into the lion's den. Daniel chapter 7, we got the vision of the four beasts. Again, similar to Daniel chapter 2 with the, the statue of the four governments, the four beasts. The lion is the um, Babylonians. The bear is the Medes and the Persians. The leopard is the Greeks. And then the monster is the Romans. Daniel 8 is the ram and the, and the goat, which is simply the Greeks defeating the Medes and the Persians. And Antiochus Epiphanes, he's probably the most focused person in, in that text right there because in 175, he conquers Jerusalem and rules for about seven years, and then God throws him out. Daniel chapter 9 is the 70 weeks, uh, the time from when they were sent back to Jerusalem to the end of the Roman persecuting power is what is covered in the Daniel's chapter 70 weeks. And then to finish it off, Daniel chapter 10 to 12, now this is kind of important because Daniel chapter 10 to 12, it's all about prophecy from God, starting from the Medes and the Persians. It focuses, most, it focuses mostly on the Greeks in all of chapter 11, and then it goes as far as the end of the persecuting power of the Romans. Uh, an incredible per period of time, almost 600 years is covered right there in Daniel chapter 10 to Jan Daniel chapter 12. And this is how we break down the book of Daniel. You put it in the chart, and it's a whole lot easier to remember. And then for an exercise for you to do, you throw the Holy Spirit on top of the first nine and then ask the questions. How do I see God's love, joy, peace coming out of the individual chapters? That's what we'd like to share with you this morning concerning Daniel. Thank you.